It wasn't bad. We saw it. It was good. But we weren't ready for it yet. And God had asked us as a father not to eat of whatever this fruit was, right? To make whatever choice we made, whatever decision, whatever action. Because he told us that we would die. We weren't strong enough yet. We weren't ready yet. But we chose with our freedom to go against his plan, right? So he was honest about what happened. We didn't die physical death. We died spiritual death. We now experience those effects with original sin, right? Okay. But is all hope lost? No. Okay, then we won't have these All hope is not lost. So what happened? Christ came. He redeemed us. But how do we participate in that? Cool. That wasn't supposed to happen. How do we participate in that? Um, through baptism. Right? Ignore the slides. Because the one I'm looking for is right there. What happens in baptism? In baptism, right, the imagery with water, but it shows us the reality. We are being cleansed. Physically, there's water to cleanse us, but spiritually, we're being cleansed of original sin, right? When I get hurt, though, if I have a wound, right, it can heal, but do you know how sometimes I still have a scar, right? So concupiscence is that word that we sometimes refer to as, like, the, the tendency towards sin, the inclination towards sin. Because anytime we sin, what we're doing, it's usually not that we're going to something that is evil as much as we see a piece of it that's good and we want that. Right? None of us wants to choose for something that's bad, right? I really, all of us deep down, we want to choose what's good. Sometimes we kind of like forget the time and the place, and this really isn't the best decision. I know that, but I'm focused on the good so much, the part of it that is good, that I'm going to choose it above and beyond all the other things in the circumstances that tell me not to. Right? Okay. So, we have access to grace. Chastity, this talk, the reason why it's following in order that it is, because chastity has to do with the virtue of temperance. So, good job, Holy Spirit, way to organize this series, because what are we in right now? We're in Lent, right? Lent is a time for us to realize that there are a lot of gifts around us, right? But anything that is not God is not a gift that will fully satisfy us eternally, right? The only gift that fully satisfies us is God himself, because he is eternal. So when I say no to something, or I give something up for Lent, the reason I'm doing that is not because this thing is bad, right? It can be a good thing, but I give it up for the sake of the greater good, right? There are lots of goods, but what is best? There are lots of gifts, but who is the gift giver? The gift giver holds all gifts within himself, right? So temperance says that there's an order to things. There's everything good comes in moderation, right? So, now let me talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm going to share with you some quotes about something called sentimentality and sensuality. So the next part of this presentation, I'm about to talk to you about just the reality of, okay, hey, we're in this room, we're men and women, and we all have sexual desires. Bam, said it, we're gonna talk about it, right? What does John Paul II have to say about this? Yes, this is important to talk about because we all experience it. And the church is always, she's a mother, right? It's a both and. So it's not a prudishness where it's like, let's never talk about it. Oh my gosh, don't look at anyone. Don't do anything bad. Don't, 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 don't. It's not that. It's also not like, oh, now we know all the beauty of this teaching. So I can just live it out perfectly. And pretending that we don't still struggle with how do I live this out. It's a both and, which is an openness to the fact that A, I can know the beauty of these teachings of how we are created male and female, but B, I still need grace because in my unique circumstance in life, I am desiring to choose for the good, which in every moment, right, it's not gonna be easy, right? Sometimes it's easy. If you're in any part of the spiritual life and you even know what I mean by spiritual life, meaning you showed up today, you want to pray, you don't do it perfectly every day, but you're trying, right? You desire holiness. So if you're on that part of the spiritual life, the reality is this is not always going to be easy, right? But you open yourself up and you're doing the best that you can. But education is what we're doing this formation series. This is also important to give you some language to hold on to to encourage yourself in the journey, right? So John Paul II, he wrote this really awesome book when he was Carl Wattia, and this is in 1960. It's called Love and Responsibility. Nerd Check, one of my favorite books ever, okay? It's awesome. It's very, very, very philosophical. So it's not the kind you're going to pick up and be like, let me just do some light reading for the day. I try doing that because I think it's fun, but like, 
even I can get tired, right? It's a lot of philosophy. This book, the title, I think is very pointed. The title really is our talk in a nutshell. Love and responsibility. To love means to be responsible. Responsible with the gift of who I am, how I share that with other people, and how I receive the gift of others, right, in my own life. So the question for you, if you say you love someone, to what degree do you feel yourself responsible for that person? Because if you don't feel responsible at all, meaning you don't take very seriously how you treat them or look at them or talk to them, then you don't actually love them very much, do you? Right? Okay. So just to give you some words, he talks about something called sentimentality. So he says that man and woman, right, are created uniquely. It doesn't mean that we don't have this um, sort of wholeness, that we emulate virtues, both of us, in different ways. But in certain ways, woman is going to have weaknesses that are tendencies to be for women, and then in certain ways, men are going to have other weaknesses. So when he talks about sentimentality, think about it as sentiments, so the emotions. When a woman meets a guy, a man, that she's like, oh, he's really cute. Now, women, you can tell me that this never happens. It might not be as conscious all the time, but usually when you feel yourself being attracted to a man, your brain starts running forward, okay? Not in terms of like, sure, you're like, oh, he's cute, but you're like, oh. This is me giving an example that's an extreme, so it doesn't mean you do this right away. You're like, okay, he's really cute. Oh my gosh, he totally goes to adoration. Oh my gosh, he's holy. I wonder what color the bridesmaid's dresses are gonna be like in here. Okay? It's not that extreme necessarily, but in a lot of ways, let's be honest, when we think about it this way, how often do you find yourself thinking about that and about the potential of a situation developing? I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but the reality is, let's say you literally just saw him and you met him and you know his name. Maybe you Facebook stalked him or just inquired around about who he is, right? But the first time you have a real conversation, are you having a conversation with that guy who you don't actually know, who is presenting himself to you as he is? Or are you having a conversation with the idea that you've created in your head of who he is, right? To love him means to let him be who he is, not what you expect him to be, right? And the problem is that we can build up people in our minds so much so that then when they disappoint us, we sometimes don't take responsibility that, wait, they never even told me or gave me any you know, thought that they would be X, Y, Z, but in my head, I sort of expected them to be because that's what I wanted them to be, right? So that's sentimentality. It has a lot to do with the emotions, a lot to do with what we're thinking about in terms of our, our desires, right, our dreams. Um, women have a natural tendency that they're in touch with their hearts in a certain way, but I think that's why it comes, that's our struggle, really. There's sort of a disposition because we're very relational, right? We just love to love people, right? Men, you love to love people too, but it's gonna look a little different. Um, so he refers to man's struggle. These aren't bad things, but you can struggle in the area of sensuality, right? So the senses. Sensuality having to do anything to do with what he calls the goods and the gift of body and sex. So for him, it's, it's like a term. Body and sex is all that is in the physical realm, right? You see a woman, you notice her beauty. What do you do in that moment after you notice her beauty? Once again, should you notice her beauty? Yes, 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 yes. You were created to do that, and that is very good. The question is not, do you notice her beauty? Is that bad? No, it's awesome. The question is, what do you do with your appreciation of that gift? Do you continue to look at her as a woman who is a person with her own dreams and desires, right, separate from however you perceive her, or in your mind and in your heart do you objectify her, specifically looking at her and her body and what it looks like and how it might bring you pleasure in looking at it? Is this making sense? Awesome. Okay. So those two terms kind of give us some groundwork that we're laying. Once again, remember, the gift in noticing, right, women, if you notice the gift of a good man, praise God. That's awesome. That's not bad. And men, if you notice the beauty of a woman, praise God. That's awesome. But for both men and women, right, the reality is that you don't want to stop there. We want to move past how I perceive a person to the reality of, who is this person, right? And we'll talk more about the practical applications of this at the end of the talk, okay? So, that's sentimentality and sensuality. Now, what the heck is chastity actually, right? You hear that word a lot, oh, I give chastity talks. Yeah, but like, what does that mean, right? 
Chastity, like I said before, has to do with temperance, a sort of moderation. So you tell me, if I love gelato, <laughs> this is a bad example because I eat gelato like every day over the summer, but let's go with it. If I love gelato, right, do I appreciate the gifts more if I eat it every single day for a year or if I eat it like every two weeks? What do you think? In a sense, I could eat it every day for a year, but you tell me physically, is that going to be healthy for me? No. Because gelato is awesome, right? It's a gift, whatever, but it's not the best gift. There are other gifts, right, that are more important, like my health, right? I can appreciate it, but in its own proper time and place. So truly, the question for you in terms of chastity is you have to answer the question and come to realize, is a man or woman, are they truly free if they say yes to everything? If I say yes to everything, what happens is what I perceive to be the gift becomes an idol. The only creation, this, scratch the statement, philosophically it's not correct. The only being that I should ever say yes to at all times is God. Because he is the one who was above me, who has offered me life itself, and who desires me for good, and has created me for good. Which is ultimately what? Him. Okay? These gifts, icons, you know what an icon is? Okay, you've seen icons, some of your friends, right, do iconography. An icon is that which points us up to heaven. Right? A gift, if it's fulfilling its ultimate purpose, it's because it points us to heaven. When you men see the beauty of a woman, what you should do, and I'm serious about this, I mean practically this is what you should do. In your heart of hearts, you say, thank you, Lord, for the gift and beauty of this woman. Because then, the icon has literally led you to worship. And you're not worshiping her. You're worshiping God, who has created her. Do you understand? Women, same thing. Practical application. You see a good guy, you're like, oh my gosh, you're awesome. I want to marry someone like that. Which is not, I want to marry you, right? What you say is, Lord, thank you for the gift and the strength of this man. And I'll offer it back to you. Right? And then you're noticing this gift of God is an icon pointing you back to him. And you learn, right, you're worshiping God. You're not worshiping the person. When we allow the gifts to become what we worship, that's when we idolize them. Y'all, that is why this is the first commandment. You shall have no other gods besides me. That's God speaking. What is he saying? He's not saying, I just mean, oh, this people, let's come in and take over the Jews, they worship multiple gods. No. You know what it means? In Lent, right, St. Teresa of Avila, what she said is that the spiritual life is us being weaned from our idols. You know how a child is weaned off of breast milk, right? And then you have, like, liquid, then you have solid food. They're weaned, right? The spiritual life is us being weaned of our idols. The question for you is, what idols must I be weaned from? If you want a question to pray with this Lent, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of Lent, and I don't really feel like I'm in Lent because life has been crazy, and how do I do, you know, what, what do I give up? I haven't even thought about it. That's okay. Take this question to prayer. Lord, what idols must I be weaned from? What have I allowed to take my primary, right, position in my heart of hearts, the place that only you should have, and instead I'm giving it weight? Um, a little exercise to make it a little more real would be, like, if, if the idol for me as a woman becomes beauty, I call that vanity, right? My advice is to become vanity, because I put beauty as the ultimate end all. Beauty becomes my God. Is beauty a gift? Yes. Does God delight that women delight in pretty things and get dressed up? Yes, right? But if that becomes something so much so that I'm obsessed with it, I turn inward and I forget, right, about everything around me, Right? Um, or, like for women, another one would be uh, relationships. Oh my gosh, feeling called to marriage? Check. It's a gift. It has a time, right? But marriage in and of itself still is only an icon. Marriage is not an idol, right? So if I allow these things to become idols, then I get so obsessed that I move outside of God is the greatest gift, and he wants to give to me the gifts that I desire, which could include something like marriage. Just to clarify, I am not saying that if you 
sometimes just really dream that somehow you're now idolizing marriage and you're doing something bad. I'm not saying that. I mean, if you become so obsessed with it that you can't see any other gift in your life, right? That's how we idolize things. It's like it takes over our primary view, right? We look through the glasses of whatever that thing is. That's how we know we're starting to idolize something. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, awesome. Black and white. Okay. So, um, okay. Moving back to what chastity actually is. The catechism. I'm giving you homework. Pretend I'm your teacher and get over it. You have two weeks. I'm not going to test you on it, but I promise you, the reason why I'm giving you this homework is because it's going to help you to understand what this is. And I want you to take these quotes, grab a catechism, go online, have it on your phone, it's free, go into the church, go to adoration, go sit in a hammock by yourself and read it. And ask the Lord to inspire you with how you want to understand the gift of chastity, okay? So there is a part in the catechism, and it's sections 2337 to 2359. So, Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2337 to 2359. What is this about? First of all, the section is within the sixth commandment, so you shall not commit adultery. So it's also about the gift of our, our sexuality and the gift of how we order love and how we offer love to another person. But the actual section within that, that this is, is called the vocation to chastity. Wait, that word vocation, what? I use the word vocation. We keep talking about vocation. Remember, what is our call? What is our vocation? Holiness. What is a part of that vocation of holiness? Chastity. Right? This is your call to chastity, your call to holiness. So I'm not going to read all of it to you, but just to give you the preview, this is like the trailer. It says, chastity means the successful integration of sexuality within the person and thus the inner unity of man in his bodily and spiritual being. Sexuality, in which man's belonging to the bodily and biological world is expressed, becomes personal and truly human when it is integrated into the relationship of one person to another, in the complete and lifelong mutual gift of a man and a woman. The virtue of chastity therefore involves the integrity of the person and the integrality of the gift. Okay, so what does this mean? In the first talk, we talked about what it was like before the fall. I don't know if you remember this, you might not have been here and that's okay, but I made you put your hands together and clasp them really tight. And then I made you like move to the left and the right, right? I was like, okay, you can separate your hands. When you moved your left hand, your right hand went with it. When I had you separate them, I was like, this is the difference between integration versus disintegration. The church is always offering you things for abundant life. She is a mother. She desires you to have life in abundance and joy in abundance. So she's always offering you that which is integrated because you are a body and a soul. What wrecked the integration? The fall. What are we meant for with redemption and within heaven is a reintegration. We participate in that now, but the fullness of that we will not experience until heaven. The integration of heaven is going to be this. In other words, why am I going to? I'll just tell you what it says. In other words, it's this. It says, I'm really glad I built that up for that moment. That's not where I thought it was. So it says, hold on. Here we go, hopefully. The fruits of the Spirit, one of which is chastity, the fruits of the Spirit are perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the first fruits of eternal glory. If you are a man or a woman who can learn how to live a life that is chaste, that means that you are participating in the first fruits of eternal glory. You are participating in heaven today. Today. Y'all, that's insane. That's amazing, right? It's beautiful. Once again, Keep reminding yourself, when I say chastity, I am not talking about what I think most people think chastity is. John Paul II talks about this a lot in Love and Responsibility. Most people think that chastity is this sort of negative definition. What that means is I say, no, 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 all the time. Right? A lot of people, even within the church, there's confusion. Is it, I have to say, no, 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 until I'm married. Wait, what? So it's just all no's before, and then you're fine. No, married people are called to live chastity. Did you know that? Married people are called to live chastity. 
specifics of that and showing you the beauty of the church's teaching, we will talk about next week, as in the next week after that, because that's the next presentation. It's on natural family planning, right? And I'm going to explain to you the biology of that, but also the theology. You're going to start to see this connection, right? I'm a human person called holiness. I am the only one who can offer the gift of myself freely. I have the power, the choice, right? I am called to offer that gift only when the time is right to a person who has proven themselves worthy within the bonds and the vows of marriage because that's the safest place. And when I say safe, I mean it in the most positive sense. And it's the only place strong enough to hold the weightiness, right? The, the weight of something so sacred and important as the gift of a man and a woman giving themselves to each other fully in the gift of their bodies. Do you understand? So chastity, right now, remember, it's temperance. It's not all no. It's saying yes when the time is right. An example of it is that prayer that I just showed you how to pray. You don't, you do not say, oh my gosh, she's a beautiful woman, I can't look at her. Right? You don't do that. Um, Unfortunately, we live in a culture that tries to force you to look at a woman in a way that's objectified, right? Pornography is a very real thing. Heck, a lot of billboards are pornographic, right? They just throw these images at you. And for a second, I'm, I'm putting a lot of, like, inlets in here because this is how my brain works. You've probably been able to tell that by the other talks. But this is important. Women, your bodies are gifts, right? Just as much as a man is, but it's different. You have to understand that a man's psychology is different than my own. I'm not saying he's smarter than you, right? I'm not saying his brain just is like a completely different organism. No, 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 no. But in terms of sexuality and how they look at the body and sex of another person, specifically a woman, you need to understand that this is a part of the gift of creation. When God said, be fruitful and multiply, okay, it only worked if Adam and Eve were attracted to one another, right? He was inviting them to a freedom and a joy, right, as husband and wife. Okay? When we talk about modesty, which is like the sister, the friend to chastity, right? We mean this in multiple ways, and we're going to talk about this more as we go. But we have to respect men enough to realize that it's not all about us. Okay? And how we dress, I really mean this, not as a condemnation, as an invitation to see it. It's not all about us. Right? It's going to be different for a man if when I get dressed, but I seem to be presenting, and just think about it for a second and you know what I'm saying. If I seem to just be presenting and almost inviting him to look solely at me for the value of, quote, body and sex, you know what to put on if you want attention. Am I right? Yes. You know, right? You know what to say. You know how to act. You know how to dress. Do you desire his attention, or do you desire his holiness? That's a very important question. Do you desire his attention or his holiness? So really, do you desire what you want, or do you desire what's best for him? Do you understand? Okay, am I saying wear brown paper bag? Okay, obviously not. Okay, I'm not saying wear brown paper bag. But I'm saying, and I'm not saying that they should know that you're a woman. No, John Paul II even says that. He's like, the sexual values are not supposed to be eliminated. Right? I'm supposed to still be able to tell that you're a woman or a man, but the reality is if I'm wearing like a shirt that's super low cut or shorts that are up my butt, right? Just roll with me here. You understand what I'm saying. Does that happen all the time, right? Fashions right now, it's very difficult. Man, just so you know, shopping's like stressful because it's really hard to find stuff that is modest, let's be honest, right? So I'm trying to invite you to realize that the battle is worth fighting for because this is about your brothers and their salvation. Now, you could be wearing the potato sack, and a guy could still look at you objectively. That's not on you. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying, right, that you're supposed to walk around and be like, oh, she totally not dressed modestly. Stop. It's not about any other girl in the room. It's about you. You have to answer the question for yourself. Okay? Do you understand? Does this making sense? Okay. And women also understand, this is just me being honest. You're going to struggle with modesty, dif modesty excuse me, differently than other women that you know, but the role is going differently. Like, we just are, right? You're shopping with friends. They have different things they have to worry about. You get what I'm saying, okay? You have to answer the question for you, and remember that it's not just about you. So, men, we praise God for the gift that you can see us in our beauty, 
the invitation is for you to see us in the right way. I saw a, um, an image on the front of Cosmopolitan magazine. Oh my gosh, I hate that magazine. Please don't read it. It's just going to make you cry or confuse you. Anyway, on the front, what it said was, there's a picture of a woman, duh, in some like totally seductive way. She's looking at the camera, duh. And it says, the sex moves he will worship you for. You're laughing, but there's a lot of people that read this magazine because of that. Why? Because a woman desires to be loved. And if that's the way that she's going to get love, understand. Y'all, people don't want to do like stupid things. They do it because they desire love. In some way, women and men think that they're going to get love. That's why they make these decisions, right? But the problem is that, A, men, if you worship us, you will be dissatisfied, okay? Because we are perfect. You already know that? It's reminding you, right? But also, women, and I really mean this, if you look at any movie, if you spend too much time on Facebook and Instagram, I'm serious, social media, whatever's in that, I don't know. If you spend too much time on that, what you're going to find yourself doing is comparing yourself to other women. A lot. You're not even thinking about you anymore in terms of I'm a daughter of God and I'm loved. You're thinking, I want to look like her. I wish I looked like her. It's subtle. Sometimes you don't think about it in those words, but it's happening. If you feel sad when you come off of these things, newsflash, do not get on. Like, you have to be in a good state to receive this, right? But here's a quote from scripture. It says that we do not venture to class or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. It says we do not do that because if we do, we lack understanding. It's not about every other woman, right? It's about how is the Lord created and gifted me with the gift of my own unique beauty. So you, I bring this up in relation to this magazine because it might not be that that you've been reading Cosmo for, but there is a real temptation to think that there's this game Right? Going on. And I need to somehow be the victor or I'm never going to get married. I'm really making that extreme and went fast, but you all know what I'm saying. Right? You start to, you start to freak out, understandably so, because you're like, how am I ever going to get married? How's it going to work out? I want all the answers right now. But the reality is, you also do not want to be worshipped because you cannot give to anyone the fullness, right, that God can give. Men, do not worship us. We are your sisters. We are not God. Right? Okay. So, an important thing that the Catechism says, it says that self-mastery is a long and exacting work. One can never consider it acquired once and for all. It presupposes renewed efforts at all stages of life. This effort required can be more intense, aka when you're in college and you're freaking out of life, in certain periods, such as when the personality is being formed during childhood and adolescence. Okay. Another quote really quick share with you with that. It says that chastity includes an apprenticeship in self-mastery, which is a training in human freedom. An apprenticeship in self-mastery. So it's like a learning in self-mastery. It also says that chastity is about the school of the gifts of the person. As I pray to live out chastity, I'm learning, right? Like I'm in a school and its name is chastity. Chastity is a virtue, part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, chastity is teaching me how to fully offer the gift of myself as is proper to that situation or relationship. Right? Okay. Um, John Paul II love responsibility. He also talks about chastity as being transparency. You have talked to a person before in your life that is duplicitous. What do I mean when I say that? What I mean is you have talked to people that you talk to them, and you get really excited, and they make promises to you, and then you're, like, confused. Like, how is the same person that said this, but then they did this? Or you're in a relationship with them, and you don't know if you can trust them, right? You don't know why they're with you in this relationship. He says that chastity is like a transparency, meaning I know why you're here, right? It's clear. There, there's no, there's no um, lying, there's no like hiding, there's no need to. It's all honesty and truth. Love is built on truth. He also talks about the fact that this isn't just a like denial of my sexual desires. Did everyone hear that? Chastity is not denying your sexual desires. 
John Paul II said that if you do that in such a way that you deny them and or say that they are bad, 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 repress, 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 they will explode one day. They will. They're there. We don't have to deny the desire. That's not the point. The point is we have to allow the desire to be seen in light of an actual real person, right? He says you need the Holy Spirit and you need to be open to this interior part of your heart because this affirmation, in other words, I look at this person, I recognize that you're good, that is an interior spiritual affirmation, right? The question, right, think about St. Thomas in his definition of love. Does anyone know how we define love? How? Yes. Yes. Willing the good of the other. Now look, y'all, I'm giving you a lot of information, but I want you to understand. What I am not saying is that you need to, every single time you meet a new person, Lord, I desire to will the good of this other person. Dang it. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? I need to will the good. Will the good. Like, don't overthink it. I don't mean that. Right? But when we talk about self-mastery, this is related to and under the foundation of what? Self-possession. A man and a woman, right? You can only find yourself through the sincere gift of self. I cannot give a gift of myself if I do not possess myself. This is why this time in your life is so important. Even if you were in a relationship, right? Even when you were married, it says that chastity and self-mastery is this long, exacting word, and it changes in difficulty throughout different periods of your life because you're with different people or you're in different stages or you have different struggles. It's not bad if you struggle with chastity. Heck, what we should start saying is, hey, I struggle with chastity because I'm a human being and I'm trying to love people rightly. Does that make sense? I desire to love someone rightly. So chastity is when I see the person, what I'm trying to do with grace, because I can't just do this by myself, is I'm trying to remember even if this person is presenting themselves to me in such a way that it's really hard for me to remember that they image God, right? I choose to love them in such a way that I remember that they are a human person who has dignity and has value apart from how they give anything to me. They are a gift in and of themselves. Does this make sense? It is a fruit, the first fruit, to participate in the first fruits of the resurrection. Because in the resurrection, there's not going to be this battling between Right? Our flesh, our bodies, and our spirits. It's going to be one. It's this divinization. It's amazing. It's awesome. We're not there yet. But to prepare for that, to receive that fully, I participate now in choosing that. I desire authentic freedom. I desire a pure heart. Blessed are the pure heart, for they shall see God. If you desire to see God, He's all around you. But I have to pray for the grace to have the eyes to see. Make sense? Okay. Um, so, I want to give you some tangibles, because this is all nice and stuff, but what does this mean? First, there's this quote. So, this quote comes from a book called Father Elijah, and if you stay for questions and answers, the first time you might have heard it, but it's worth repeating. So, there's this priest, don't get distracted by it's on the screen, I'll tell you it's on the screen. There's a priest who is, um, just having a struggle in his heart, and his spiritual director, Spiritual director is kind of like Padre Pio, so he locates, no big deal. So he shows up in front of this, this priest and he's like, um, David. Well, his name's really Father Elijah, not confusing. Father Elijah, he's like, How are you? And he's like, um, There's so much that I have to tell you. And he's like, Great. He's like, So tell me, how are your gates? He's like, What gates? He's like, The gates of your heart. And his response is, battered, but holding firm. Y'all, I want you to remember, your heart of hearts, this is the place where God dwells, right? This is your inner person, right? If you got baptized, um, if you are open to the Holy Spirit, right? The, the baptism is the indwelling of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? When you invite the Holy Spirit into your heart, He literally chooses to dwell within you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where the presence of God dwells. Imagine that your heart of hearts, this place is a kingdom because it is a king resides in it, but there are these gates to protect the kingdom. If I am truly a watchman of my own heart, then I am aware of what I am letting in and I'm aware of what I am letting out. Right? And it says in scripture, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. When you have heartbreak, it's very hard for you to function the rest of your life, right? Yeah, because that's like the most 
delicate, like important, sacred part of you. That's your inner place with God, right? So above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. The reason why I have this um, cool Prezi up that's probably not gonna work, but it's fine. Oh, surprise. I'm not surprised. Is I just want you to see really quick. If I am expressing myself to others, right? It means that there's this language of the body. So what I do with my body expresses something to those around me. This is a quote to pray with, and I'll come back to it. But what I do with my body affects those around me. So hear me out for an example. If you go to a job interview and you throw your keys on the desk and you slump back in your chair and you like look out the window, you don't even look at the potential boss in the eyes. Tell me what the language of your body is communicating. You don't care, right? You don't want to be there. Probably not going to get hired. You're communicating something in through your body. That's an easy, easy example for you to remember. The only way that I can even like present myself to the world, I can do it with my words, but I can only give the gift of myself even through my words because I have a mouth, right? Because I have a voice, because I'm a human person with a body. This is my tangible gift. This is the greatest gift I can offer to another person. But where does this all start? I want you to understand that your inner heart of hearts has to do with your mind. It's like the same thing. The wellspring of your heart, your heart of hearts, um, the place where God dwells, like the mind, right? Your thoughts, this is where it starts. So the quote for you is watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. Y'all, it all starts in our thoughts. What are you watching? Do you understand that chastity? I'm, I was talking a lot about like, the physical expression of it. But chastity, if it's temperance, it's the ordering of all goods related to the human person and sexuality. It's also about what am I watching? What am I listening to? Right? How am I speaking? What am I allowing in? But also what am I allowing out? So, men and women, what images am I allowing in? What words am I allowing in? What messages am I allowing in? If every time I watch a Hallmark movie, or I watch like a marathon of Hallmark movies, I get sad after, I'm letting in a lot of images of things that might be really good, but maybe as a woman, right, they make me think that somehow God is withholding a gift for me because I want it right now. Does this make sense at all? Because what, what you're doing is you're, you're looking at this and this is a good that you want, but you're thinking, if I don't have it right now, then God doesn't love me. That's an example I'll give for the women. For the men, this is why pornography is such a problem. Because you're letting in potentially images, right? But these images are not the actual person. The only way that we respect another person is that when they choose to give the gift of themselves to us, we respect that because we too recognize that this person is a good, this is a gift, and this gift is somehow in right order, right? So what are you allowing out? Y'all, it says in the scripture, and this is such a reality, and I'm just I'm sure you've heard about this, but here's the deal. Chastity, y'all, it affects everything. This is about our whole lives. This is about holiness. This isn't just about sexuality. This is about the gifts of the person. And sexuality is a part of me. I live in it through my femininity. So do you if you're a woman or you're masculine if you're a man. But it also do with my emotions. It has to do with my dreams and my desires. It has to do with the ways that I've been wounded on this side of heaven. I am not supposed to be best friends with everyone. I'm not, y'all. Don't want to do it too exhausting. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Sometimes we, we just want to talk to someone, and that's good. That's very, very good. But if we're talking to 100 billion people and we never have time to talk to him, by him I mean Jesus, how does that make sense? I have to go to the guardian of my heart first, right? And, and maybe this is more of a struggle for the women, I don't know. But you're not supposed to be best friends with everyone. Right? And you're supposed to test friendships. It says do not throw your pearls before swine. This is why on the first date, I would recommend that you do not just share like, the greatest trauma of your life. Right? And I'm not saying that as a joke, because we want to be loved and we can we can even be tempted to do that. But I just said date, right? So man and woman. Hey, this is chastity. Guess what it says it's built up in? Friendship. Not just with members of the opposite sex. Just friendship. The person of the same or the opposite sex. Because you want to know why? As women, sure, we can sit around and tell each other everything, but are we supposed to? 
hey, if she's one of your best friends and your relationship has developed over time and you know that you can trust her, great. But there is such a thing as emotional chastity, right? So this is for men and for women, with men and women. Chastity is about ordering the gifts and offering the gifts in the proper time. It says in the Song of Songs, like, I don't remember how many times I counted once. It's a lot. Like three or five or seven, I don't know. But it's the bride. She's speaking to her handmaidens. And what she keeps saying over and over and over again is, I adjure you. It's spelled A-D-J-U-R-E. You look it up. It's like, I beg you, right? I'm begging you. Do not arouse. Do not awaken. Do not stir up love before it's time. Do not arouse, do not awaken, do not stir up love before it's time. You deserve to be loved in all those places, the beautiful ones and the broken ones. The only lover, right, that can ever love you perfectly and fully is God himself, and he desires to love on you. The gift of our relationships and our friendships is that he loves on us through other people. The gift of your call to marriage is that it's in a very complete way, even physically, right? But that gift is in that love as the capacity to overflow. Chastity, it says, protects the integrity of a person. That includes my sexuality. So if it bears, that includes the capacity I have to give life. Right? Some people take theology of the body and its beauty, and they allow it to be twisted and mean things that it's not saying. And what do I mean by this? Sometimes I've heard of people who believe that they love each other so much. I'm not saying that they don't. But like maybe they're not married yet, but they love each other so much that the beauty of the sexual union can be something that imitates the Creator and His love, right? For the three persons in one God. But y'all, sex is out of marriage. Just because they might not they love each other, it doesn't somehow change the teaching of sex is out of marriage because I realize the beauty and the goodness of sex, right? Marriage still remains the only thing that's powerful is to hold the weight of something so beautiful. Because if it's outside of marriage, right, it's not a full expression. And remember, the dissimilar is greater than similar, but it's not the fullest possible expression to be able to reflect at least the most way we have this side of heaven of who God is, which is a God who is faithful, and a God who is permanent, and a God who has made a covenant with his people. The covenant is a very important part, right? A woman's body speaks to a man, you are responsible for me, right? A woman's body speaks to a man that you are responsible for me. In many ways, whether that's just emotionally in your thoughts, gentlemen, or within how you treat her. In women, whether that's emotionally within your thoughts or within how you treat him. And if you're not married to him yet, um, then you, you can't treat him like he's your husband in how you speak to him or what you expect of him, right? I want to encourage you at this time in your life. It's interesting. It depends where you are. It depends on your maturity. I'm not saying don't date exclusively. What I'm saying is don't be in such a rush. Okay, this is coming from the girl that just turned 28 and totally desires marriage. I get it. I get it. And sometimes loneliness is really hard. So hard. And if you're in a relationship and you feel like this could be the person you're called to marry, say thank you. It's not because you did something right. It's a gift. Right? But you also don't have all the answers. But understand that your holiness, that is your vocation. You are called to the present moment. And I right now, as Sarah Denny, 28 years old and unmarried, am called to live out chastity. Inasmuch as one day in the future when I'm married, I'm called to live on chastity. But it's going to look different right now. Right? But I still am called, right, to live it out in such a way that when I meet a man, I talk to him because of who he is, not because of what I can get from him. Whether that is, like, affirmation, maybe I'm just, you know, really struggling with self-image or worth or blah, blah, whatever it is. No, I'm not saying that the struggle makes you a bad person. No. But once again, I can't expect... Someone else to give my value and my worth. Because then I make him an idol. He's only supposed to be an icon. And then you can't expect us to affirm you in such a way or to be some sort of trophy wife because of what you can get from him. Does this make sense? It's always it's affirming the value of the person. Now look, John Paul II, he's the best. He also says, we're not expecting you to be like robots. But like It's never, 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 never about you. He's not saying that. Okay, y'all, we're human beings. We're limited in how we can do that. We desire to be with another. And I just want you to hear this when I'm talking about chastity. Chastity is such a gift because it exists in and through the reality that we desire union. Everyone looking at me right now, I praise God for your desires. 
especially as it relates to union with another. I praise God for those desires, and I beg of you to wait until the proper time that you can act on those desires. And the longer that you wait, the finer the wine, right? You let a wine age. Wait, 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 wait. But what I'm not saying is, no, 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 then yes, 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 yes. What I'm saying is, no, not in this way, yes, in this way. I'm saying yes, I'm going to exist in friendship with all men at this point in my life. I'm saying yes to one day, I will say yes to one man in a certain way. I'm still going to exist in friendship to other men. It's going to look different, right? But he's still, whoever that is, he's not existing just for me, right? He's also a good in and of himself. He's a gift. It's all about remembering that these are gifts that we have. So, um, John Paul II quotes your love and responsibility that will help you. And I'm going to put these quotes on something for you, and I'm almost finished. I'm going to put these quotes on something for you that you can take them and pray with them. But he says, do not be afraid if love sometimes follows torturous ways. Torturous, did you hear that? That's like pain, okay? Do not be afraid if love sometimes follows torturous ways. Grace has the power to make straight the paths of human love. That's what he says. What he also says is that love between man and woman cannot be built without sacrifices and self-denial. Without sacrifices and self-denial. If you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're desiring and learning how to give and receive the gift of love. Now, reality check. If you're in a relationship, so remember, there's emotional chastity, there's, there's chastity of my vision, what am I lying in, and what am I lying out, how I speak, and how I dress, and how I act. But practically, I just want to throw this out there, because I feel like we don't always talk about it, and it's reality. Um, if you were in a relationship, tips. Physical intimacy, y'all, it makes relationships complicated. It doesn't mean it makes them bad. didn't say that, but it makes it complicated, right? Because guess what? You were made for union. So when you're physically affectionate with a person, depending on what degree, you're going to get closer and closer to that person. Right? If you are a physical being and a spiritual being and an emotional being, I need you to understand that there needs to be such a thing called boundaries. Right? Not because we're trying to keep all the fun out of your life, but because boundaries are the thing that allow for the freedom. I told you all the story, I don't know, maybe I did, about, I don't know if I did, so I'll tell you Playing softball, right? In high school, I played all my life. And I was in high school, center field, ball gets hit, I'm running back, full speed, you know, like great form, you know when you know you're gonna catch it, you know I was gonna catch it, sick the glove out at the last second. Totally would have caught it if there wasn't a fence, which I didn't see, and my right fielder did not tell me I was there. So, I ran full speed into this fence, right? Still the scar proven. Is it bad that there's a fence when I'm playing softball? No, because if I don't have a fence, I can't play. Do you understand? Boundaries allow for freedom. So, practically, if you were watching a movie on the couch and no one else is home, what the heck, guys? Like, don't keep the lights off and just, we'll be fine. Like, we're just by ourselves. We're just gonna cuddle. Okay, and then what's gonna happen? I'm not saying you can't do this, I'm saying, can we be wise about it, please? Um, do you really need to go into his or her bedroom? Is that necessary? Like, y'all, intimate space. I'm not saying we need to be like a Pharisee about this, okay? But I'm just saying, like, can you, can you please know yourselves? And if any of us thinks that we are beyond falling in the area of physical intimacy, then that's called pride, okay? I can give talks on chastity. Y'all, it doesn't mean that I like live this out perfectly and I have all the answers, right? In my own relationships and situations and life experiences, I too have to be praying for the grace to live chastely because it's a grace. It's not of my own power, it's a grace, right? But the more and more I desire to know myself and to offer the gift of myself, the more and more I can learn what are my weaknesses and what are my struggles. So that one day when I'm called to marriage, guess what? Here's the key to chastity. It's called communication, okay? If you're trying to live it out with another person, Right? Then you learn what is helpful and what is not helpful for another person. Does this make sense? Okay? Hey, if you are too uncomfortable to have the conversation about boundaries, then you probably shouldn't be in the relationship exclusively with that person. You're not ready. I'm sorry. Maturity is that I have the capacity to communicate to the outside what is happening on my interior. 
right? I grow in that gift as I come to know myself. Self-mastery, self-possession, self-gift. Offer it in love, but offer it in the proper way in the proper time. I hope that what you've gotten from this is that love, especially human love, and especially intersexuality, is amazing. Do you understand that? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's to be feared. I'm saying it's so good that I don't want you to push it away for forever, and I don't want you to just jump at first and be like, oh, boundaries, go on, YOLO. YOLO, so dumb. You only live once. Yeah, you only live once, but your life goes beyond this moment. So if this helps you, I was driving here today, and this is sort of the thing. When we are in moments where there's physical intimacy, you were made to have biological reactions that bond you to this person. Do you understand? Your body will respond. Even if this guy's an idiot, Right? Or a jerk. Raise your hand that experience. Right? I mean, don't. Sorry. I know. I'm like, you don't have to feel that. Sorry. Okay. Um, but here's the reality, y'all. You are more than just your impulses. Right? You are more than your biological reactions. Okay? Sure, it feels nice. It's supposed to feel nice. How the heck? Like, the Lord made it that way. He loves that. But he's asking you to then use your freedom and decide, not just in this one moment is this good, but in the whole of my life, is this relationship, is this interaction reflective of the whole of my life? Is this good? Which means you take a step back from the significant other and you go to the Lord and you say, Father, is this good? Am I becoming more and more of myself? Or am I becoming more and more of what this other person wants me to be? And you can say, Father, thank you for the gift of sexual desire. Thank you for the gift of the enjoyment of whatever physical intimacy, which should be not other things. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, like, in the context of dating. But then you say, Lord, this is all really good, and thank you, but I need you to help me know, I need you to give me wisdom to know, does this match up with the rest of my life? Am I becoming more and more the man or the woman I desire to be? Am I becoming more and more holy? Not, okay, understand, I'm not saying that you never fall, but I'm saying that you're open to the Spirit's guidance in this. So, um, I know there's a million other things I could say, because I just love talking about this stuff, because I just want you to have all the gifts and hold them, but it's okay. Our Lady can hold them for you, and at the proper time, they'll all be given to you, and you'll remember things that you think you already forgot. I just want you to remember that the truly free man is one who knows how to say no, we should say no, we should say yes, we should say yes. Right? And remember that the church is a church of feasting and fasting. It's both and. It's not just fasting, it's also feasting. When you wait for the proper time, it's what we call feasting. Chastity is patience. Patience is long-suffering. All of this builds up the, to the fullness of what you desire, right? Um, so, okay, I'm sorry, I promise, two last things. Okay. One, here's a story for you to help you practically live this out. Affective maturity is that maturity of the emotions. Here's a story I heard from someone else. It's made up, but it'll teach the point. What does chastity look like? It means, here's this young man. He gets in the elevator, and he meets this beautiful woman. He's, like, totally intrigued. He starts talking to her. He, like, feels in his heart of hearts like he's drawn to her. Then they get to, like, a few floors later, and this guy walks in. Who is his best friend? He's like, dude, you already met her. This is the girl I've been telling you about. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, huh? yeah. Is it bad that he was drawn or attracted to her? No, not at all. Praise God. He should be. This is awesome. He has the eyes to see beauty, right? But what he does in that moment is the key, right? Now, let's say that he said, This is my fiance. He just hadn't met her yet, okay? In that moment, a promise has been made leading up to a commitment like a vows, right? As a man, if he's trying to live chastity, what does he do in his heart of hearts? He realizes that this is a great gift. This gift is not meant for me. So I do not force myself on this gift, right? And I do not expect from this gift something that it cannot give, right? This is an example to show you this prayer that I want you to take. And I say that because it's helped me so much. I still pray this. I heard this in a talk Gosh, almost seven years ago. It was my first course of theology by Institute, and at the end of it, the presenter, awesome man, Bill Donnie, shout out if you'll ever hear this, but he's great, and he was like, 
but he, he was in the middle of teaching, and all of a sudden he stops, and he's like, hold on. <laughs> he's like, are all of you attracted to one another right now? We've been together for a week talking about theology, but imagine what that does to a person, right? <laughs> this is why when you go on theology by retreats and stuff, you don't go with like, 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 this isn't like Catholic dating network here. No, 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 no. You're going to learn about the truth of who you are, and allow the Lord to have time with these things. But he's like, oh my gosh, are you all attracted to each other? And we all, like, there's this awkward silence, because everyone's like, I'm going to be the first one to say it. We're like, everyone just starts laughing. There's about 100 people in this room, okay? Start laughing. You laugh because you're awkward and you're uncomfortable, because it's true, right? We're like, yes, like, we're all attracted to each other. I don't even know much about these people, but I think they're all amazing, and all these men are amazing because they just want to love Jesus, like, blah, 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 right? You get what I'm saying? And he looked at us, and he was like, good. I'm so glad. This means that you are growing in your capacity to appreciate the gift. So this is what you have to do. Men, when you meet a beautiful woman, before you jump, you know, ten steps ahead, or entertain things in your mind that you shouldn't, or in your heart that you shouldn't, you bring the gift of who she is, which you don't yet know because she's a mystery to you, no matter how much she might even reveal, despite how much she might reveal, even if she doesn't know her own goodness, right? And especially then, like, if she's maybe not dressing modestly because no one's ever told her that she's worth more than that, right? Then you as a man, and your responsibility towards her, what that means, it's not that you don't struggle with an attraction. It's not that you don't maybe even struggle with what to do with the attraction. I'm not saying that. The struggle is not the sin. The sin is when I consent to use another, right, as an object for my pleasure and use instead of to love. So your prayer is, Father, thank you for the gift and the beauty of this woman. I give her back to you, Father, and I ask that you would order the desires of my heart to be in accord with yours. Amen. Keep moving. You don't have to obsess over it, right? Just keep moving. Now, granted, this is how life works. But if she just keeps coming in your life and you just can't stop thinking about her and not always that are impure, but just do it, then ask her to flip a date, guys. They're gonna date, okay? Cool, sorry, I don't have a lot of time, so yeah. Get to know who she really is, not just who you think she is, and women. The prayer he said was, women, you notice a good man? Say, thank you, Lord, for the gift of this man and his strength. Offer him back to you, Lord. And I ask that you would order the desires of my heart to be in accord with your And y'all, <laughs> and guess what? He answers that prayer. That prayer moves my heart to remember who is God and who is not. And it orders everything that love, especially human love, which is the greatest gift and is supposed to be an icon, it remains an icon in my heart and not an idol. And in closing, there's a quote from Divine Mercy, the Diary of St. Faustina, which is awesome, and you should all totally be open to it and fall in love with it because it's like the best thing ever, but really. And Jesus told St. Faustina, when boredom and discouragement beat against your heart, run away from yourself and hide in my heart. Hey, understand that there is a spiritual battle. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, to powers and principalities, if you were tired, if you were sick, if you were discouraged, if you were bored, you are very much weak in that moment and vulnerable. So I encourage you to make good decisions with me, which means, you know, maybe you're not gonna just play around on Facebook because you're gonna get distracted, men and women, for different reasons, waste a lot of time, definitely not feel better about yourself in the end, and maybe just fall into sin because you're too tired or bored to even think about what you're doing, right? Take all of those things and what did he say? Run and hide in my heart. And Jesus said in divine mercy, I know y'all have given you lots of goodness and lots of words, but Jesus said, he said, if you do not believe my words, right, your love, your good, God desires what's best for you. He said, if you do not believe my words, at least believe my wounds. Everything we say is who he is. He died for you, he means it. You are meant for the best, and he desires life for you and life in abundance. So take the pearls of what chastity is and ask him how you can live it out fully. And wait for the proper time, right? And the proper way to give the gift of yourself to another. Love yourself enough to do that. So let's close with a quick prayer. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Father, we praise and thank you for this night. I thank you, Lord, for the gifts of each woman and man in this room. Thank you for how you created us to be your sons and daughters. 
Daddy, we just ask that you would provide for us. We know that this is very hard to live out, more sometimes than others, but please, in those moments of, of difficulty and confusion, Lord, speak in big and miraculous ways to remind us of who we are by reminding us of who you are. Teach us, Lord, how to look at others not as things that we can take from, but as gifts to be loved. Teach us, Lord, how to offer our hearts and our minds to you first so that we can offer them purely to others. Give us the grace of patience to persevere and the grace of courage to fight the battle for chastity, which is authentic love and freedom. And Mother Mary, we consecrate our hearts and minds to you, especially in the areas that we are weak and whatever ways that we might be struggling to live and love purely right now. As we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, my sinner, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And St. Joseph, pray for us. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Really quick. Um,